Hey guys, and welcome back to the Natty scene. We are on episode eight today, and we are joined by Grace, Grace Jones, who mm -hmm. you will probably know as one of my clients from this year, or this year, 2019. It's already 2020. So um, obviously we had a, a very successful year with Grace, and also we wanted to get a female on the podcast and a, a fellow natural female as well. Um, and there's not a huge amount. There are, there are a few, definitely. But I think there's slightly more males that share their journey online, especially throughout the off-season, um, than there are females. And perhaps we'll discuss that topic with, with Grace in this podcast itself. Um, George isn't here. George is scared of Grace. He thinks it's <laughs> much bigger than him. Uh, it's just me and Grace today. So we're going to basically run through some of my own questions for, for Grace and her prep and ones of which I think will help you guys to get to know Grace a little bit more, uh, where she's from, what her background is, what got her into competing, etc. And then we'll also move into some of your guys' questions, which you asked on Instagram, which delve into a little bit more of, uh, I guess, a little bit of personal feedback for people that are maybe doing their first shows and looking to compete. And I think definitely from working with Grace, this may sound like I'm blowing smoke, but you can definitely learn something and learn a lot from Grace because for a first prep, she did immensely well. Like there's very, very few people that can do as well as this in their, in their first prep. And that actually should maybe be a little bit of a, uh, a headline of the podcast is that, you know, set your goals fucking high, but it is a rare occurrence that a first time competitor does as well as Grace has done in the first season. So Without further ado, let's just sort of start with the basics, Grace. So give us a little bit of like just a chat about who you are, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, um, how old are you, just sort of like the basics so people understand a little bit more about yourself. Cool. Um, are you really making me say my age? I feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> I if I remember it, I'm, to... I'm 28. Okay. Um, I really don't feel 28, honestly. I feel... Um, like a teenager in my head still but yeah I'm getting on now it's close to 30 so I realize next time I compete I'm gonna be 30 which is wow. absolutely terrifying but um yeah um so yeah my name um is Grace Jones I am 28 um I'm a personal trainer and online coach um working out of Empowered Fit Gym which is on the Wirral um which is close to Liverpool if no one knows because a lot of people don't um I'm about two months into a long off season following, as you said, my first competitive season, yep. um, where I came first in both my qualifiers within UK, the FBA and the BMBF, um, which was in the figure category. Uh, we also did fit body within UK, the FBA, um, just because we weren't sure sort of where I was going to sit. I think it was the first year that they did the two. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so we just kind of had to just test the waters to see where I fell. Um, I came third in that, so that wasn't too bad, but um, it was definitely figure for me. Um, then I went on to come second in the BMBF um, British finals, and then I won the UK DFBA British finals after that, and then continued on to the Worlds in New York, um, where I came third. Um, so it was pretty cool. I never, I never sort of saw myself getting to Worlds. It was I sort of took it in my stride and like just looked at the, I guess, the small goals rather than the bigger ones. But it's definitely something that I did think about and something I wanted to do. Um, but I just sort of rolled with it, really. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it in terms of where you're at. So cool. Thank you very much for that. In terms of um, uh, what, I, what I wanted to sort of delve into is stuff that I don't know about you. So when, when it comes to... Uh, the start of of your bodybuilding journey so to speak yeah people tend to have some degree of like competitive background in some sport um that drives them into wanting to get on stage because maybe they're in the gym for other specific reasons and they find they can compete on stage as well so for you what what really got you into into weight training initially and then as a result of that what took you from just training with weights to then wanting to step on stage All right so I've always done sports, always. I was a competitive swimmer when I was younger, um, which is why I think I've got broader shoulders um, and why I hated my legs because they were so small in comparison. Um, but I always took part in a lot of sports. I did sort of mid, 
distance running, um, pretty much any sport that you can think of. So I've always done it. I've always been into fitness. And um, this is where you test my memory here. I think I started training when I was about 21. Um, it was at a time. It was at a time. So basically, I don't know if you know this. I grew up in Spain. Um, so I lived there from when I was nine till probably, I think I moved back four years ago permanently. Okay. Um, so I did try and come back to England multiple times. And I started weight training one time when I had moved back to England. I was here for about four months. I wasn't working. I was sort of stuck indoors, nothing to do, just basically getting fat off sausage rolls <laughs> and um I don't know I just got I don't know what it was that got me into specifically wanting to go to the gym I remember I got like basically when I get into something I get very obsessive with it and I remember just binge watching YouTube videos it was a woman called Flavia Delamonte I think her name was and she was prepping for like a photo shoot or something and I just binge watched her videos and I was like I want to do this um I only joined like a little council gym. It didn't even have a barbell. I think it had like a leg extension, a horizontal press, leg curl. It was really minimal. Um, but I just got obsessed from then. And just, I think I trained for about six months. I moved back to Spain, continued training there. And then life just sort of got in the way. Um, and it wasn't for another sort of three and a half years that I didn't train again. Um, in which this is when I moved back to England again. and. Um, Again, just got dead obsessed with it, watching loads of YouTube videos, taking in as much information as I could. At this point, this is when I learned about flexible dieting. Um, and I don't actually know where, I, where it was that I saw, like a, it was a bikini competitor that I must have seen because that's what I wanted to do originally. Yeah. And I don't know where it was that I saw this, but it was just something that I thought that would be really cool to do one day. I'd love the challenge of that. I'd love to see if I could get to that state of sort of leanness, what I'd look like. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like, right, by this, I'm going to do that. I just trained because I enjoyed it. Sure. Um, that was the main reason I did it. And because I wanted to just change my shape, grow my legs. Um, so I've always trained out of the enjoyment of it. Mm -hmm. I never, I never like, until I started coaching with yourself, I never logged my lifts or anything. I just did it because I enjoyed it. And that was it. Um, and then I, I don't know what it was. I think I was chatting to one of the guys in the gym that I work with because he was wanting to compete as well. Yeah. And we just sort of decided that it was probably, it, it would probably be easier if we did it at a similar time so we could offer one another support. Mm. Um, and just after a few chats, we both decided that we were going to approach coaches to sort of um, lead us from there. And it so happened that he did an earlier show. So he actually competed with him there like in May. Okay. So he didn't do much of an off season with his coach, but obviously I was quite happy to do whatever you told me to do. And that was take a bit of a longer off season yeah. and then um, do the later shows. So that's sort of how it came about really. Yeah. But. Perfect. I think one thing that, you know, listeners should take from that is definitely the fact that, you know, there's a lot of young, young girls that like look up to you. I know there is because I get messages and I got messages over show weekends off a lot of like 18, 19 year olds, like, fuck, I wish I could look like Grace. I wish I could look like that. And I think sort of the message there to them is that, you know, you started weight training and relatively inconsistently at 21 years old and then on and off came back to it. And so, you know, them starting at 17, 18, 19 is, is going to see them in a position where if they were to compete at your age, you know, 27, 28 years old. Yeah they would have, you know, huge foundations, mm -hmm. um, especially with the level of knowledge that they'll be learning by following you, following the podcast, et cetera. So, and also the, the, the really big thing there, which I always, you know, preach to people is the fact that you were just training out of pure enjoyment first. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you found your passion for the weights room before you started, you know, restricting yourself for calories, getting yourself down to stage condition and almost like, losing your love of something that you hadn't quite built love for anyway um which we will touch on in a little bit about some of the one of your most recent posts where you really highlighted some of the things that are potentially negative aspects of a, a bodybuilding prep which is so so important for people to realize yeah. especially when they're they're so new to just even weight training um but yeah so the next thing I, you kind of answered it a little bit um but I wanted to touch on a little bit as to, 
when you started coaching with myself, like what really drew you to the bikini class? What, what was the thing that was motivating you to sort of step on stage as a bikini athlete? Or did you simply not know that figure existed at that point? I wouldn't say it's more like what, what um, made me want to do bikini. It was what made me not want to do figure, <laughs> which was basically like, I don't know. I know this probably goes this many, maybe people can relate to this. I don't know. So I said before, like I had broad shoulders, skinny legs. I've always felt like a bit more on the masculine side. So a big thing for me was growing my glutes, growing my legs to create that curvier shape. Sure. So to me, figure with it being a bit more muscular, some of the poses put me off as well. It just seemed, which it totally doesn't now, not at all. But to someone who doesn't know a lot about competing, it seemed more masculine to me. Um, and that just put me off because that wasn't the way that I wanted to go with, with my shape. Um, and that is literally the main reason. But it's definitely not masculine. It really isn't. Nice. Um, not at all. So I think it was that. That's the only thing that sort of stopped me from wanting to go up to figure. Um, but the thing that put me off bikini, to be honest, is it's quite glam, isn't it? Like I'm not the most girly of girls and with all the hair flicks and stuff, like I don't think I could have pulled off that sass. <laughs> Definitely not. We struggled with your tea walk anyway. So like the <laughs> whole bikini style posing where you do have to, you know, have that sass and that glam, like it would yeah. have been a little bit, it just wouldn't have been you. I remember no. at the, I think it was either, no, it was, yeah, it was the first, like bikini event you would have seen it was the UK FBA Northern yeah yeah your whatsapp for me from the audience saying yeah <laughs> I shouldn't have done bikini I would have looked ridiculous up there <laughs> you would have because like obviously at that stage you know we were thinking between the figure and the fit body and you ended up placing really well in both um and I think you know, we definitely found where you land as a result of doing both. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and thinking, you know, where do I land figure or fit body? It seemed to be as the season sort of uh, unrolled that the fit body girls were just a little harder in condition, um, a little more muscle density and a little less focus on the, the shape, um, which of course was very suited to grace in terms of the, the shape aspect you know when you're dieted down your waist is very tiny and you have very good flow to the physique which is what you know even in your initial check-ins like when you were hitting the bikini poses like I could see straight away that they weren't natural poses to you um whereas I get some clients that you know they hook bikini poses and figure poses and I, I really can't tell which is going to be the best until they diet down um but even in off-season shape it was quite it's quite clear to see where you were going to land. So uh, moving into like the, the prep itself and when it began and when it started and a little bit before that as well, did you have sort of any fears or, or worries before, before starting the prep? Did you have any doubts? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that are listening to this that are thinking of competing this year and they're a little, they maybe have fears or worries and did you have any at all? I probably was just worried that I wasn't going to look as good as I'd like to look. And I okay. felt I had that anxiety and worry all the way through prep because you always want more, don't you? And I'm, mm. I'm definitely like my worst critique. Yes. Um, so before prep, I was just sort of, cause especially when you're in your off season, you don't know what you're going to look like. I've, I've, I've dieted down before, but not to those levels. Uh -huh. um, but not, not any massive worries. I wasn't worried about how hard it was going to be. I was looking forward to that. Like I, I liked that. I thrive off that. Um, it was more just how good I was going to be and if I was going to be good enough. Um, yeah. And that's probably the only worry that I had, to be honest. And for the people listening that are doubting themselves and their capabilities, how would you say you, you overcame that? Because obviously when you stepped on stage, you did incredibly well. Um, did you, how, like, how did you, how did you deal with it? You know, you know yourself that I was still disappointed with some of the outcomes though. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say don't, don't handle it in the same way I did. Like try and remember like how far you've come. Like even just by getting on stage, whether you win or not, that is a feat in itself. Like getting yourself to stage condition is a, one hell of a feat. Yeah. So even if you don't place, you should be proud of yourself for that, which is something that it took me sort of a little while to take in and just sit down and go, yeah, you've done amazing here regardless of the placing. Um, 
And if you still feel those doubts, I guess just use them to fuel yourself to get better. Like mm. that's what I would do. So the places that I'm not happy with, I want more next time and I'm going to use them. I'm going to yeah. use them to push me harder yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And I think even like in your first check-in back from like the shows, I think I said to you how I was kind of not in one way, not happy, but in one way happy that you didn't win everything because I'd said, I think I said to you, if you'd won everything, it would have been like your first season, you'd have gone from an amateur to potentially a pro and that would, it would have been done like that in a click of a second. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's incredible if you've managed to do that. But at the same time, you don't learn what it's like to have to, you know, lose before you win and be able to sort of work your way up steadily. And you know, when you come back, you're going to be massively improved as opposed to having to essentially step up to the pro ranks straight away, immediately compete in the States and all of these other things that would have come as a result of, of getting that straight away. Um, I think, you know, experiencing that like myself, bodybuilding is a war on like delayed gratification. Like you just need to be very patient with everything you do. Um, so I think for, for, you know, for listeners that I know so many people, I've had inquiries saying, you know, I want to be world champion. And I'm like, dude, you're not steps on stage yet. Like you don't have a clue how you're going to look. Um, it's all well and good setting super, super high goals. Um, and I even said to you at the start, like the goal is to really like do well and win kind of thing. I think Mm -hmm. I, I I said that to you. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you you didn't mention it because you hate me, but having a coach when you're doubting yourself is pretty, pretty important as well, because, you know, the amount of times you'd send me check-ins and you'd say, Oh, I look like shit. Um, uh, I was always relatively honest whilst also managing your like mood and expectations because in the instance of like worlds where you were sending me check-ins and it wasn't the best circumstances uh which we'll talk through in a second um it was hard to say okay you do definitely look worse yeah <laughs> um without which like, I did. Complete, <laughs> like you basically emailing me <laughs> saying fuck my plane ticket <laughs> um so i was just trying to keep you on the fucking plane basically um so yeah you know it's it's like a mixture of uh, you know in the coaching scenario it's a mixture of honesty with you know getting the client into the right position to move forwards psychologically as well um yeah. so yeah on you know you kind of covered it also as well in, in the first uh, discussion but um when you when you started prep did you did you know about worlds at the end at the end of the stage did you did you know that that was a potential like opportunity or did you just focus on the each show or did you have that envision of, of potentially getting to worlds i knew about it and it was definitely something that I thought that would be amazing for mm. sure but the first step was the qualifiers then it was the finals yeah. it's just ticking those off and going ahead to it and like the closer i got the more i thought yeah this is actually possible um i think when i got so close on the bmbf final i was like i want to win the uk dfe i want i want to go to worlds yeah, um so I guess it was just the closer I got, the more real it seemed kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We've, been, we've both been through that exact situation. Like in 2017, I came second at the BNBF and then won UK FBA. And you feel as if when you see all the people like going off to Miami with the BNBF and you're like, like, ah, because you know that you, you potentially could have done that if you, if you really wanted to. Um, but, you know, I, I sort of said, you know, stick, stick to your guns and, and look towards UK FBA. So um, yeah, it was it was very very good that that sort of um, when you got that because I knew how badly you wanted it, and it pays off to sort of dig for those few extra weeks for that for the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I one more topic on your on your prep. So uh, one thing that I struggle with when I go into contest prep is uh, the almost like the the anxiety that you get in all the worry in the evenings about like the next day and the task you've got to do because it, it all becomes a little bit overwhelming. You suddenly go from what was an off season where you can be relatively re- relaxed with your intake. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to prep every single meal um, and you haven't got loads of steps to do or cardio. Um, and you can sort of make your schedule fit a little bit more around your day. But when it's prep, it's like, 
you know, you, you've got to get the boxes ticked. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you deal with your days? Because they're extremely busy. Um, and it, it came to a point where you're having to do quite a lot. So how did you manage that? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear the other question? No. <laughs> totally lost um, it that was my internet so. you just went how did you <laughs> <laughs> so i'll rephrase the question so i just i just went offline for some reason um so essentially what i was saying is uh the end of the day you have like lots of boxes to tick for the next day um and at, you know at some point you had a lot to do you had a lot of cardio sessions to fit in a decent amount of steps um how did you deal with you know controlling almost like the nerves or the fear of like the next day ahead um and dealing with your extremely busy schedule i think just being organized massively i think it was something that i just dealt with quite a lot <laughs> throughout prep the whole mm-hmm. the hardest part of prep for me like for myself was time management yeah um obviously being a pt your schedule is just you literally work in the most unsocial hours mm-hmm. um so that in itself is hard in the off season so to fit everything around that you have to be so organized like i'd have to plan my day pretty much the night before i'd plan my day i'd have to i literally you've seen my calendar i had to schedule in when i was eating based on where my clients were yeah. I'd up at 4 a.m half four to get my steps in to do my cardio it's literally like planning is key <laughs> in my life so that that is what made me feel better right like if i knew when and when i had to be wherever i had to be that made me feel so much calmer but if something got in the way of that my stress would go through the roof like that caused me so much anxiety if if anything was changed from what i had in my head like that's what caused me the most stress yeah um and in those cases i just had to sort of (laughs) take a minute and just like do what i could and if it meant that i lost out on sleep because i had to get steps then so be it um but like you said you have you have to do them you have to tick the boxes off yeah yeah i remember it was even little things like if someone was on your stairmaster or if all the stairmasters (laughs) how dare they do they not know i'm on prep (laughs) the rage that's that's, i think the suggestion for that is just get your own stairmaster for home yeah i did have a treadmill so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um no one gets on it but um but yeah so thank you for that answer that side and that's a good that's a good way to approach things for for most people is just to have you know a plan of action write out the times at which you're doing things and you know like for people that don't know obviously grace has is like a pretty busy pt business and she's you know got hours all over the place in terms of scheduling clients so it's a little harder than the relaxed online coach life um but uh you know it's still for myself you know it still comes down to having enough time to do everything you know especially when yeah. the, the client intake is is higher or there's a busy week of peaking or something like that it's going to be so a lot of, you know, time management, you know, like even last year, it was a case of, I was almost struggling to fit in a full session and get back to everyone from, you know, peak weeks and things like that when it was really, really busy. Um, but yeah, so time management, very, very key. So is, um, that, is that something that when you go onto your prep, is that something that you're going to do as in like, are you minimizing your clientele so that you've got more time? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I think the the main thing that I've changed in terms of the like the roster that I've got this year is that I've taken on a lot more off season clients. Mm-hmm. Um and when people are like when it's a fifty fifty decision on a prep, I'm I'm pushing people to try and take more time off. Not because I'm being a dickhead, but more because like I need to give the people that have stayed with me for a while and are considering what's the best year to compete, I'd rather give them like the best possible situation um so i think uh, i'm gonna have like almost half the amount of people that i had competing last year this year um so it's just going to be a lot more manageable but uh yeah because competing is like the main thing that's gonna take away the time and, and some of the focus and skew time management uh, but 2021 is you know already with yourself competing is looking very busy because everyone that yeah. pretty much was competing last year wants to do 2021. So, uh-huh. but, um, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be a good it year. Will. That, was, it will. that was a strong, that was a strong year. Um, so I think also be nice to, cause you didn't ever really talk about it massively on your, on your social media that much. 
um because you, you didn't didn't really discuss it at any point but it was it was quite a difficult period in between the UK FBA and uh, the WMBF worlds and you know I, I remember obviously getting told by Lee that you you'd got the invite and provided that everything was going to be swimming swimmingly smooth and then I said and I sort of told him the honest truth and you know he put his trust in me put his trust in you and at the end we were happy with the, with the result of the the WMBF world so what, all, consider, what, all things considering yeah <laughs> yeah all things considered we were happy with the result yeah so what was what actually happened between UK FBA and WMBF take us through it a little bit so um at the start of the year, I remember doing the check-in with you and telling you about this. And I was so nervous because I wanted you to say, oh, yeah, we can do both. It's fine. <laughs> so basically, I applied for a um, charity track with a charity called Copperfield, which is a, a charity that's really close to my heart and my family's heart. And they do a track every year. My mum's done it. My sister's done it. It was my turn. <laughs> and I've been waiting for this. And... So I applied for it. You never know if you're going to get it. It was to the Himalayas. And um, like I told you about it and I said, there's a chance. And it will be in November. Obviously, at this point, we didn't know whether I'd get to Worlds. So I'm not going to turn something down. No. If there's a chance that nothing would even get in the way of it. So yeah. I applied to it. I got accepted to it. Um, and from then on, we just had to sort of go, let's see what happens. Um, in all honesty, in the lead up to the UK DFBA, I think I was finding it so hard. I was pretty much 95% sure that regardless of the outcome, I was going to the Himalayas. And then at that point, I was like, I can't do both. I can't see how I would do both. Um, So I think I was set on like finishing after the UK DFPA, even if I'd won. Mm. But literally, as soon as as I did win, like I've literally, I've written a post on this actually that will be posted. But the, the like sadness I felt when I won because I knew I still had to make a decision because I, I actually, I did want to go to Worlds. Like my mind changed straight yeah. away. Um, so you know yourself, like that's all I wanted to know. was like, what should I do? Can I do both? <laughs> Which we, we could have done both. Um, it, would, it could have gone better. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. I think it was five days after the UK DFEA, I went to the Himalayas. So I flew to India, to the Indian Himalayas. Um, in stage condition <laughs> in stage condition to do four days of hiking um, uh, and with every good intention like staying on track with food training as much as I could um, but unfortunately some things are out of your control and I got <laughs> very ill <laughs> so I got a bacterial infection when I was there and uh, ended up pretty much in isolation for um, almost three days um, yeah, <laughs> lost a shitload of muscle, in my opinion. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of water retention from it. Um, I was there for how long? 12 days, I think I was there for. Yeah. So I came back with, what, five days until we flew to Worlds? Yeah, yeah. So within that time, time, yeah. So within that time, I was tracking my food to the best of my extent after getting ill. I was training body weight with bands, with, like, water bottles, like, anything I could find. Um just trying to fatigue my muscles and mm. yeah it didn't really work in my favor it was yeah it wasn't good <laughs> it wasn't good i wonder if lee knew how i was going to come back what was going to happen if he would have changed his mind I don't uh, know. <laughs> I just, when you arrived back i just said grace is landing she's alive <laughs> and he just gave me the thumbs up uh, at least I didn't break a leg or something like that. It could have. That been was worse. the main concern: is that you know you you literally not be able to step on stage. Yeah, so, I would have um, done it even if I'd broken a leg. <laughs> <laughs> just got go on with crutches. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as a result of all of that, um, I brought my worst physique to the world stage, and we both agreed on that. Um, yeah. And we both agreed that even if I had looked better than I think, even if I'd looked better than the UK DFP, yeah, I still wouldn't have won that show. Um, and you wouldn't have looked better than you can FBA in my opinion because no. by that point by that point in the diet you were already starting to get a little worse anyway no. um, because we'd already started to bring up calories um, and we'd already tried you know preserving muscle at that point it was a case of you've just been dieting for too long you know you're, you're it tends to be and this is like something that I'm really thinking about heavily in my prep is like it tends to be the 
the best looks are the looks a little earlier in the season when you know you've only done sort of 20 24 weeks of dieting um when it starts to tick over a little bit over 30 weeks um the late 20s this all naturals seem to sort of just start looking worse yeah um it's just a little too long to spend being lean and also in a in a dieted state um well it was like um, my first show that you thought potentially was my best look wasn't it which was a show i wasn't even meant to do yeah um we meant to do a a show in september yeah Yeah. i think the thing is that the the difficulty is when you've got a first-time competitor i hadn't the foggiest where your best look was going to be yeah because i don't know what is your best so it was a case of and and that's the thing you've got to do with all first timers really is is keep on taking off uh, body fat until you've got to the point where you've taken too much body fat off at the cost of muscle. And you can start to see that happening. Like we could start to compare your check-in photos and the front relax just started to look different. Like every time, like the lats just looked a bit smaller. The shoulders looked like they had less pop. Um, even the quads started to look a little smaller. Yeah. Um, so that's when we start sort of new. And then for next time, you know, we know where your, your best look is and, it would be a case of once you hit that, changing your mindset to, okay, you've got to maintain this look as opposed to, you know, get trying to get lighter on the scale. And that'll be hard. <laughs> yeah, very difficult. Very difficult. Because trust me, I'm going to have that same problem myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not chasing just a number on the scale, but chasing, you know, the best actually aesthetic look on stage. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I'm. Um, that was cool explaining that. I think some people will probably be quite surprised by that and uh, be uh, be shocked as to what actually happened. Yeah. I yeah, I don't think many people know. But when I tell people about how it was my worst look, you know, people are nice, aren't they? They're like, no, you looked amazing. I'm like, no, I looked shit. <laughs> I looked horrendous in comparison, in my opinion. But yeah, agreed. It's, agreed. it's frustrating because it's, I think it's even more disappointing because it was out of my control. Um, at least I like, if it was my fault, I could blame myself. And, and yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but like you said, you know, you, you, you wouldn't have wanted to step on the world stage and have not done the trek because that would have been equally as like horrible to feel yeah. that kind of emotion, which you, and you should have done the trek. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't change it. No, no, no. Maybe just not get the shits, but <laughs> yes, the shits, the shits would would be something that we were, we don't want to get next no, time. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, cool. So I'm going to roll through the questions. I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover um, over the course of your prep, and I think that gives people a, a decent insight into into things. So we'll cover some of these questions. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are questions that I'd actually would have asked you anyway, but we'll roll through them. So um, first one, this actually comes in just to let you know so you're aware of how many people maybe want you to do this right. this question has been asked four times okay so uh, it's from megan caitlin and a few other people um but the question is do you are you ever going to consider going down the ifbb route and potentially going down what would ultimately be a little bit of assistance to get you down to you know potentially ifbb pro figure is that within your scope is that within your goals what do you think at this moment in time no like if you could do it naturally that would be incredible like i'm very much a person that's like never say never like just take things in your stride and see what happens but at this moment in time like i know this isn't the case but for me personally i feel like i'm cheating myself doing that i want to see what i can get to naturally i want to push myself to the limit naturally rather than doing that um and that would that would be enough to put me off of it yeah. Off of going down that route if you could do it naturally then definitely but not assisted yeah for sure i mean i think you know now knowing a little bit more about your background and like how long legit you have been training and how long you you did like a proper off season as well with myself and how much you Five grew in, yeah exactly how much you grew in that phase um and how much you're growing now i think it really means that you've got a lot of growing left to do and that's pretty that's pretty exciting in all honesty i don't know whether that would take you to a point where you could step on stage and look comparable to Mm. people who are getting ifbb pro cards i don't think so i think the balance of like the hardness and condition that you'd need 
to get there would be something that would just have to be fueled by some assistance. Um, But uh, like you said, you know, never say never, but at the same time, you know, the health ramifications and things like that, you know, uh, just sometimes for some people too off putting. It's the same, it's the same thing for me really. Like I just don't want to go down that route for multitude of reasons, but one of them being health and just, just longevity. Like I would like to actually live for quite a while, to be honest. And I'm not sure just getting an IFBB pro card is enough to take several years off my life. But uh, George, if he was here, he lives with the philosophy of if you're going to have a a life, whatever length it is, you better just fucking have fun and do whatever. I'm like, okay, well, you're fair play. Have fun naturally. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, George has got so many tattoos that (laughs) I don't know how they'll look when he's 80. Hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was just me trying to convince you to go down there. <laughs> all right so uh next question um have you got any tips for a first time this is from uh xena this is one of danny's clients and she's she's doing figure this year do you know her on instagram yeah i think so yeah. yeah she's got she's got really good potential. she looks amazing yeah. she looks amazing she's, got really she's good like potential. she's someone that would worry me if i was going to get up against her i'd be worried she'll she'll appreciate that i think but um <laughs> yeah any any tips for her competing first time um if i could have gone to more shows before i competed i definitely would have mm. um so if you can go to some shows and see them but the best thing i ever did was contacting you and doing more of an off season before going into it yeah um like i'm happy with what i brought to the stage but the more time i could have spent in the off season the better really um so i i think that's literally the best thing you can do like if you've got the time if you need to just take the time to build up a shape that you'll be happy with and you'll be more competitive then Um, rather than potentially going in not looking anywhere near as good as you could look getting a shit result and being put off it completely yeah um because we all we all want to win, don't we? I think yeah. it's I think it's bullshit when people say they don't want to win. Like, why yeah, are you doing it? You want to win, that's it. So yeah, don't sugarcoat it. Um, so yeah, just spend a bit more time in the off season. Practice your posing. I think practice like just look at yourself. Like get comfortable with looking at yourself. I think that's that's something that I say even to my clients, like that have issues with their body and stuff. Just get confident with the yeah. way you look. Yeah. Um, I would say that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think Xena will be doing well this year. Yeah. I'm going to put my, uh, put my money on that. So um, she also asks, what's your next plans? So what's next for you in terms of competing? What's your plans now? Um, so I'm taking this entire year um, as an off-season. Yeah. Just grow in every way possible. Um, I also want to focus on my business, so I really need like just a bit of a clear ahead, mm-hmm. which I'm just about getting back. Um, so we're looking at competing next year. So 2021, definitely within the UK DFBA again. Um, I imagine I'll probably do the Northern. Um, I, we, we've spoken about PCA because I just think it would be fun to do like a proper routine. I think it looks fun, but my main goals are within the UK DFBA, getting back on the world stage again and hopefully winning, taking the pro card. So that's, that's what's in my head at the moment. That is the main thing. PCA is just for fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, the thing with PCA is that it's kind of very similar standard in tone figure compared to all the natural feds. Mm-hmm. So obviously whilst, you know, you could be on assistance, you don't really want to be on assistance for the tone figure category because you just look potentially too hard or, or too muscular. Yeah. So like tone figure, if you, if you are a natural figure girl, is probably a really good place to, to compete as well if you want to rack up shows. Yeah. Um, like Holly Gallagher did. I think she probably did the most shows ever done in a figure prep. <laughs> she, she was at every damn, every damn federation. Um, I think if, if that PCA, if the PCA show got in the way of the UK DFA, though, I wouldn't do it. Um, no, yeah. If anything was to get in the way, it wouldn't be an option. Yeah, I think, you know, it'd be a consideration just to sort of get more experience, you know, get on stage again, uh, practice a peak week kind of thing, but not as a, a dedicated show. Um, you know, and that's, you know, obviously, as I've said on the podcast before, it's, you know, the reason why I'm focusing purely on UK FBA is that, you know, my goals reside within that federation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, oh, someone says, 
Uh, Max Sinclair says, no question, just that he takes as much inspiration from any other male bodybuilder as he as he does from you. So ah, thank you. <laughs> That's cool. Um, okay. In terms of the last prep, um, Edgar asks, is there one thing or any other things that you would do differently um, the last prep in your next prep? Yeah, so this is something that I posted about yesterday. So with regards to the effort that I put in and stuff, I, I wouldn't change it. With regards to the effort that I put in with, into my prep, I wouldn't change it because I gave everything. Sure. Um, what I would change is what I gave to other people and how I was. Um, so this is something that I touched on in my post saying that I sort of, it, like we all know it's a selfish sport, don't we? But I do not believe that you can't, you just, you could do better, can't you? Like I could definitely do better. I could be less selfish than I was on prep as in just making a bit more time for other people. So during my prep, obviously you're tired, you're hungry. I became really introverted. Literally people used to laugh at me at work because I'd, basically sit in the staff room sat on top of the fridge eating my meal in silence just because that is the best part of your day (laughs) is when you're eating you don't want to be interrupted but what I failed to realize is that all these people are worried about me they're worried about why I'm doing that they maybe don't understand it to the same extent um they aren't getting anything out of this like I'm getting something at the end of this say for like my boyfriend isn't getting anything out of this at the end of it yeah. And I need to consider that and just sort of something that next prep, something that I'm definitely going to do is just make more time for other people and just be a bit more conscious of how my prep and my actions are affecting others. Um, and like I said, in my post, I've got a few things, a few ideas of what I'm going to do to make that happen, like switching off sort of um, mobile phones and stuff overnight. So you can just be a bit more present, like um, actually planning stuff to do. So you're definitely, you definitely make the time to spend with them. Yeah. Um, so just stuff like that. That's the main thing that I changed. But with regards to the effort that I put in, um, nothing. Yeah, agreed with that. And I think that's a, that's a, like a huge take home. You'll learn in your first prep how, you know, introverted you do become. And it is scary. And, you know, you'll, unfortunately, it's not something... It's not something you massively can coach because you've got to feel it and you've got to realize that you're doing it to be able to fix it. Because some people react in different ways. Some people are forced to be extroverted with their social life or their job or whatever. And, and they almost like stay within that, that cycle quite naturally. But you know, when you have the degree of flexibility in terms of your human contact, <laughs> like you do choose to be more introverted. Like I've done that in, yeah, I've done that in all of my preps, to be honest. I can quite honestly say that in all of my preps, I've spent a lot less time with my family and all of my preps, I've not had a girlfriend. So this one's got to be different. You know, I've got to be able to spend time and, you know, make time for people. I've got, you know, a a bigger business. I've got a relationship and I've got a dog, you know, all of these things need to be maintained. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and that's why I think, you know, off that topic is, is I'm not really a massive fan of, of people competing back to back years consistently, because I think you fail to even realize what you're doing until yeah. you're like, you're three years, four years down the line. You're like, shit, all I've got is bodybuilding and a few trophies and I'm pushing all these people out of my life. So that's it. And at the end of the day, they are the more important thing. Really? They are unless, unless they're not. And then, <laughs> but you don't like it's it's taken me probably two months to actually like clear my head to see that yeah. like if you asked me that a week after the show and it's something that i said to people i was like i haven't done anything wrong like i've i've been prepping that's it that's the reason i've been like this i've not done nothing wrong i don't understand your point <laughs> but two months down the line where i'm thinking a bit clearer i i totally understand it and if it came down to prep or say my relationship i would choose my relationship now yeah. whereas if you asked me that a week after I probably wouldn't have. And that's yeah. just what, unfortunately, that's the way your head goes when you're on prep, but it's, it's irrational, isn't it? It's not it normal. Is. So I think a big thing that could help in those sort of scenarios when you're on prep is communication from others though. Like if, if I had more sort of people telling me that that's how they were feeling, it might've helped as well. Yeah. So it's not all down to you at, at the end of the day, like you need to some give and take and, just like if you say if you are in a relationship for example make sure you sort of 
set up some bound not boundaries set up some like rules yes and plans and like again like we shut off technology at eight o'clock like set up some um rules beforehand and also make sure you communicate with one another because um it yeah you'd realize what you're doing potentially yeah 100 percent. no i think that's a great that is a superb message and yeah i mean george would if he was here as well he'd totally agree he basically he split up with his partner during his prep and got back with her afterwards after he realized that it was a mistake that he made and that he was pushing people away and you know it's you know even like you know when we spoke to ben who's uh you know a, a, a more experienced competitor you know a family man he's got kids you know you'd expect these people to like know it inside out but even he was you know eating all of his meals in a room and on his own you know it, it is crazy and i think there is some you know give and take sometimes you'll have to do those things to mm-hmm. to get yourself towards your goal and i imagine that's the same with a lot of other athletes like to get towards what is a very selfish goal at some point you do have to be selfish and some of your selfless actions have to be done later on um but as long as you're not you know basically bringing down your entire life with your bodybuilding prep Mm -hmm. um you know you just need to be aware of these things yeah um but that's super cool so yeah um i think the the final thing that i wanted to discuss um before we sort of end things is how did you find the uh, post-show period away from, you know, your shows finishing November, starting your diet, you know, relatively early in 2019, you were dieting down for a long time. Mm-hmm. How did you find sort of the post-show transition um, in terms of gaining body weight and changes to your physique? Like how, how did you find it? Cause I know from watching you deal with it, there's been some pros and cons in the way that we've, uh, run through this phase <laughs> <laughs> i think right <laughs> so how much have i gained what 27 pounds yeah, yeah like that. so from the from, <laughs> from the lowest weight i was in prep to now yeah. about 27 pounds and like the the worst thing about post-show at the moment for me is hunger like i'm i'm hungry uh-huh. and i said this to you in the check-in um obviously when you're hungry on prep you're doing it for a reason you're working towards something and there's there's what did I say to you there's no cake at the end of the tunnel at the moment like like I think it's probably the hunger is harder now because there's a little part of you that's like well why don't you just eat a fucking bowl of cereal who cares like um and I think that makes it harder for me because I actually I don't mind being heavier I really don't like it the way I look like obviously I'd want to look better but it doesn't bother me really I'm quite comfortable the only reason it bothers me is because I know it's not optimal um and that is the main reason that bothers me and i know if i maybe had have tidied it up a little bit sooner my calories could be higher by now and i could be eating the food that i want to eat <laughs> um but all in all like not too bad i think like i said earlier it took me about two months up until now to really be back to my usual self i'd say like functioning as a normal human being and thinking straight and um and basically my hormones sort of going back to normal again. Yeah. I think yeah. that was one of the pros is that you, yeah. you definitely got, you know, regular menstrual cycle. Yeah. Um, all of those things back into, you know, per, basically perfect place. Yeah. Very quick comparative mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So. Yeah. And also my training has been amazing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's just nice to see logbook numbers going up and that's obviously down to being heavier um, mm-hmm. and having more food in my system. Um, so all in all I don't think it's been too bad Um, I think it helped that it was like Christmas time and there was stuff going on and I've got things going on in in my life that I'm looking forward to so I think definitely having something sort of in the works helps as opposed to having nothing and just finishing and being like oh what now Um, so not too bad really yeah no I agree I think you've handled it really well like I can I can tell when when people are are not handling like they're gaining the weight, you know, fairly rapidly and they're not handling it well and they don't, you know, they really don't like it. I can tell that something's, you know, bad's gonna happen or they're they're gonna want to diet really quick or they're not focusing on the positives like the gym performance or, you know, the health coming back hormonally, brain function, all of these things that are good. Yeah. Um, but I think you've done a really good job in terms of focusing on all the positives. Um 
and allowing those to take over the fact that yeah okay cool you're a bit softer like that's pretty much one of the only cons is that you've gained weight you know maybe a little faster than we would have liked but yeah. weight is weights and you know having a better life and better training and all of these things far outweighs a little yeah. bit of body weight that can exactly. come off quite easily so exactly um, so yeah all good cool so like final thing i wanted to finish on was um basically if people are interested in terms of like just asking you questions or contacting you in general uh where's the best place for them to go is it instagram or yeah i'd probably say instagram so i changed my name to it um to my full name which is grace olivia jones underscore um so just drop me a message on there um any questions i'm more than happy to help literally i'll answer anything yeah brilliant and i know that you're building your online side of your business a little bit so there's a lot of people listening to this that would be like fit in the online coaching niche. So um, I know that at the moment, are you looking in the future to potentially coach competitors or people in their off seasons, at least, especially like just muscle gain in their off season. Yeah. That's something you want to do. I would love to do that. I really would love to do that. I think definitely with regards to um, taking someone to the stage, that's something that I still need to learn quite a lot about, yeah. but it's definitely something that I see myself doing in the future. Cool. um so that would be awesome yeah, yeah. that'd be really cool yeah but for now if like someone literally has the goal of muscle gain you can definitely help them out oh sure. yeah. yeah yeah cool wicked so yeah guys make sure that you if you're not already following grace that you do um and keep following our journey to you know 2021 now from a stage sort of um side of things and obviously follow a business and watch that grow because i'm sure that's going to be pretty pretty cool to follow over the the next years and uh yeah i think that's about it for this episode guys so thanks very much for listening thanks for having me on yeah thank you thank you for grace <laughs> for coming on giving us uh giving her uh giving us some time and uh george will be back next time i hope and we will <laughs> soon. all right guys see you in a bit bye